Hello lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to remind you of all the different ways you can get your hands on one of my designs. Impact Fashion is a line of size inclusive modest clothing available in sizes two through 28. I personally design and pattern every single piece in the collection so that it is fitted to perfection and every single piece runs the same. That means that once you know your size, that's your size in every single piece in the collection. It's a pretty cool feature if I do say so myself. You can shop the collection online at impactfashionnyc.com. Shipping is totally free in the US and the return policy is fantastic. You have 30 days to make a decision and don't even have to pay return shipping or any sort of annoying restocking fee. Impact Fashion can also be found at the address at American Dream Mall. The address is a curated modest department store and definitely worth a visit if you are not an online shopping type of person. The American Dream Mall is located right next to the Meadowlands Sports Complex in New Jersey. And to get to the address, you're going to want to park in Lot C, Level 3. Make a left when you walk in and you'll see the address on your right. I am always happy to chat, whether that's to answer your sizing questions or just to get to know each other better. Find me on Instagram at impact.fashion.myc. You can also find me there on TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing, but I am there. You can also find me on WhatsApp status at 516-953-9391. You can also email me. It's Rifky, R-I-V-K-Y, at impactfashionnyc.com. We are at a very special time of year again, which is when I raise money for Lynx, which is a fabulous organization for kids and teens who have lost a parent that you will be hearing more about shortly. And what we're doing to have some fun with this is giving away a gift card to ImpactFashionNYC.com. To enter the giveaway, you're just going to go to my campaign page and donate any amount. I'm serious. Give a dollar. It all adds up. I'll be raffling off a $360 gift card to ImpactFashionNYC.com once we hit our goal of $2,500. You can apply that gift card to any purchase going forward. It never expires. Or, and I'm doing this extra this year, you can retroactively apply it to any purchase that you've made since August 28th. So don't let the giveaway be the reason that you don't get your Sukkus orders in on time because that would be really sad. A quick note, you'll hear me say in the interview that it's a $350 gift card. That's because I decided after we recorded it to round up to 360, you know, high numbers and, and all that jazz. So uh, please excuse the discrepancy. The giveaway is for a $360 gift card to impactfashionnyc.com. You can enter by donating at raise.it slash turning point slash impact fashion. I'm going to spell it out. R-A-Y-Z-E dot it slash turning point slash impact fashion. Tis kula mitzvot and enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. And on today's show, I sit down with the founder of Lynx and the director of Dress Me to discuss their incredible work. We discuss how Lynx has evolved and responded to their family's needs over the years, why I specifically choose to direct all of my brand's charity to Dress Me and Lynx, and what it's like to clothing shop without a mother. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, then you'll be familiar with Sarif Gakon and her story. If you're not, don't worry. Her previous episodes are in the show notes. This year, during the Lynx campaign, she is joined by Brachy Grossinger, the person at Lynx who I work most closely with, to discuss the work they do specifically to dress the families they serve. 
Hello, everybody. Today, it is such a wonderful pleasure to get to talk with Sarif Gokon and with Brachit Grossinger. Uh, and uh, you two are part of the Lynx family team. Now, if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, then you know Sarifka. Uh, Sarifka, what is this, your third time on the show, I think? Something like that? I think it's the third. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and and I'm going to link those previous episodes in the show notes. We go through the, your story, the, um, the story of, of Link's family. Uh, and Brachi, we're going to get to what you do uh, in just a moment. But Asara, for someone who may not be familiar, tell me about, tell me about Link's family. What is it that you do and why is it so freaking awesome? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's such fun to be back here. Um, so yeah, so Link's family was founded in 2006 to service kids and teens who've lost a parent. Um, and we currently service about 2,900 something kids and teens across the US, Canada, Europe, Israel, pretty much anywhere where they're English speaking. I always say that's the like one limitation we have. We kind of need to have a language that we can speak in. Um, and I think what sets us apart in a lot of different ways in the work that we do is that really we put our family's priority in terms of dignity, in terms of professionalism. There's a constant development of self expected of the team. And I think that it's just something so, so, so special that we're able to offer kids who, unlike myself when I was nine and didn't have any support services that existed for a child whose parent had died, right now we're hopefully able to offer as many services as possible and we're constantly evolving. So tell me, tell me about those services. And uh, you mentioned the fact that you're evolving, which, you know, over the years, um, I actually got involved with links through Dress Me, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm so excited to do this deep dive. Um, but as I have been, you know, involved on the sidelines, and in some cases, a little bit more so, the thing that has always constantly surprised me about the way that Link's family operates is this adapting to what families need in that moment, to what specific families say that they need. Talk to me about how you form your programs to what it is that your families are coming to you saying that they need help with. Right. So first of all, just to like one insight into that is we started as a magazine. Our initial email address, as some may know, was Link's Magazine. And because that was really what I, I thought of starting, a support publication for kids and teens who lost a parent. Um, at the time, we were only servicing girls. Now we service girls and boys. We were only servicing teens. Now we service pretty much from babies through, I would say, primarily through age 23 and single. Um, but of course, we have alumni services, which we'll get into. But in a nutshell, it started as a magazine. And the way that we grew is has been always very organic based on need. And that means we kind of look at what is the need of one family and assess, is that a need possibly that other families may have? Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes that means, great, we'll see if we could service that family with that particular need. Sometimes the, the answer may be, yeah, a lot of other families can do that, but it's not sustainable for us to open a program based off of that. Um, and sometimes, many times, the answer is, hey, this family is giving us insight this family is giving us insight into what other families may need and we need to work from there and see how can we bring this to more families. 
Um, and that's that's pretty much how our Shabbatones began, um, which are weekend retreats that we do, one for boys, one for girls. And now we have one in Israel. And let's say, how did the Israel one begin? Because we had 20 boys who were learning there. Um, and they kind of were like, oh, we're missing out. Why can't we fly in for Shabbaton? And, you know, and more than that, unlike the girls who go to seminary who tend to stay there for one year, boys can sometimes go there for a couple years at a time. And that means they could miss, let's say, two years or stuff like that. And we love our seminary girls. And I know if they listen here, they're going to be mad at me that I haven't made them a weekend yet. But guys, it's like one year. We'll, we'll, we'll swing it. We know how important it is, but we'll make it happen. When it comes to the boys, it was a lot more complicated than that. And so we just felt like, okay, we need to do something. So that evolved from a couple of boys saying like, hey, we really want something here. And us saying, wow, let's, let's do a little market research. Let's see how many boys are there, how many would be interested. And when we realized we had a significant group, it was like, yeah, we need to do this. Now the question is, how can we do it, right? And that's always boils down just can we offer it in a way that doesn't compromise the way we operate? Can it be done professionally? Can it be done, you know, in a way that makes sense logistically, financially, and everything like that? If the checkboxes all tick off, then yeah, the sky's the limit. Let's start a new program. Um, and compromise the way you operate. That's a very interesting phrase to use in the context of like getting a bunch of guys together for a weekend. So let's say for that, one of the things that I had to make sure is that I would have my regular year round team willing to fly in for it and operate it on the ground. Mm. Um, I needed to know that it would be supervised appropriately, that it would be run in the spirit of how our weekend retreats are run professionally on a clinical level, professionally on just how we operate. And as long as I knew that we could kind of do it on a level that I was comfortable with and that I could sign off. We actually had a crazy story this year because this was our first weekend in Israel. And the date that worked out, we got this gorgeous house in the old city and we were able to do it there. And it was like too good to give up. But the only weekend that it was available for was the weekend, the same weekend that our girls um, Shabbaton was happening in the States, in New Jersey. And I say that this was a huge testament to A, how far I've come in my ability to delegate and let go of control. Um, but, but also, it was an incredible moment where we were able to send one team to Israel and have one team in New York running two simultaneous weekends. It was, it was a life-changing moment. And I, I don't recommend running two weekends at one time. It, it was stressful, I'm not gonna lie but they came through in an unbelievable way on both ends of, of the world that it was just, it was, it was a moment. That sounds like, especially approaching that from a business owner perspective, that's, that's, that is a level that I certainly aspire to. And I am stressed for you hearing about, <laughs> hearing about that. One of the programs that is actually has really evolved. I think when, you know, when we talk about how the organization changes to fit the needs of the family is dress me. And um, that's why Brachi's here. Brachi runs Dress Me. And Brachi is one of my favorite people on the planet because she's just so fun to work with. And um, and and I would love, Brachi, if you could tell me a little bit more about, first of all, what Dress Me is, what it is, you know, right now, and a little bit about, um, you know, how it evolved. Because I know that, you know, Dress Me predates you in a lot of ways. So first of all, what it is. So basically what it is, it's a boutique that has beautiful clothing, you know, that, that was clothing that's donated from the most amazing vendors. 
um, a lot of vendors, like dozens and counting. Um, hopefully we keep on, you know, getting more and more vendors. And basically what it is, so I get the clothing and they get delivered, hung, sorted. And then the girls have, uh, the girls that are part of Link's organization <clears throat> have a link that they can get onto that link, book an appointment to have a 40 minute private shopping appointment. And they could take as much as they want, whatever they want from the store at $5 a piece. And in addition to clothing, we have whatever I can get my hands on, actually, accessories, hats, scarves, sunglasses, um, si um, side bags for the summer, um, hair accessories, belts, necklaces, jewelry, whatever I can get my hands on, pretty much. Now, really what the idea of Dress Me is, besides for the girls getting clothing that they love and up-to-date beautiful clothing, it's the whole um, vibe that they come in there and they feel special and they have a personal shopper and... It's just the feeling of I am being taken care of and I'm walking out with beautiful clothes. Right. And, that you know, is like I always say, you know, like this is my my line that I tell my vendors, because like I always say, I wish they can be like a fly on the wall just to see how excited these girls are when they walk in and they're not getting hand-me-downs or old things or they're getting actually clothing that their friends just bought in the store or bought it like a couple of months ago. And I always say, like, I wish they could just see the excitement on their faces. So really, like I always say, it's not just about the clothing. It's not like, you know, I wish we can bring back their mother or their father or sometimes both, but at least we can alleviate their pain by them feeling normal, like everybody else, you know, quote unquote, normal. Right. And it's just right. a feeling of, you know, a good feeling. Right. That's clothing is never just about the clothing. You know, right. we, we know that, you know, how, how we get dressed and how we present ourselves is never just about that. Um, Sir Rifko, you and I first met through Dress Me. You came um, to a trade show that I was at and you were like, hi, my name is Sir Rifka. I love your stuff and I need you to give me some of it. And that's basically how it went down. And we have been great friends ever since. And when we first met, I want to say uh, we keep trying to figure out this date. It was somewhere in like the 2018 range. Um, at that point, Dress Me was a day at the Shabbaton. Um, and I would love if you could give me a little bit of a of a timeline of how this idea, because I think that a lot of people think like, OK, you know, kids who have lost a parent, you probably need clothes like there's probably, you know, this may, if especially if they lost their mother, like there may not be someone to take them shopping. We should give them clothes. Like, I don't think that that's a revolutionary concept. Um, but the way that this has evolved through like a one day event into the standalone boutique that it is now is I think one of the very unique things about, about Link's family. So talk me through that. Talk me, talk me through how this has changed through the years. So actually the timeline is really hard because I forget all the time about what was the first time we did this, but the first time we actually did this was in my partner, Mimi Gross's house. And Mimi Gross is the one who founded Schlemmy's Club in memory of her husband, Schlemmy Gross. She's an incredible human being. And I'm trying to remember what gave her the idea, but she was like, it was before Pesach. And she was like, I have a couple friends who have brands or people I know. Let me get some of the overstock. Let's get it into my dining room. I kid you not. You have to visualize. You cannot imagine what it was like. We had for sure 50 girls, some of them coming with their mothers um, those whose fathers had passed away, obviously. And she had a couple racks set up in her living room. And there was like a bathroom off of there where kids were running off to try on. And everybody was like hiding out in different, behind different chairs. It was chaotic, but in the best possible way, like yum. It was, it was just incredible. Anyway, after that, we looked at each other and I remember Mimi saying like, we need to do this again. We need to figure out how. And then we kind of stored 
some stuff on a couple of racks in one of her friend's basements. Then eventually we moved to another friend's basement. And we had like these days, we would do it like once in the winter, once in the spring, once in whatever. Um, I think that there were two challenges that we had there. One was, you know, I was running this amongst about 15 other programs Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a full-time baby in that sense. The other was obviously it was in somebody's house. You know, we had to kind of figure out hours. Nobody can walk into somebody's house a million times. Obviously it was a separate entrance. It was a basement. Um, but at the same time, like I, I questioned some of the, the pieces of it and whether this was the best way to operate. Um, the best thing that ever happened to us was the last person whose home we had it in decided to renovate her home, in which case we had to get everything out and find a new place to go. At that point, next door to the Lynx office is the Apple Bank building. And in that basement, there was an office there that we were able to rent for a pretty reasonable fee. And was you talking about, though, I mean, Brookie will describe it better soon, but it was a dimly lit basement room. And we crammed like seven, eight racks in there. And basically the only way to shop, by the way, was if you walked sideways and you prayed. You held in your breath and you prayed hard. And if you exhaled, you definitely were being crushed between two racks. Um, That was pretty much how we operated. Um, But people were really happy. I'm not going to lie. People were thrilled because we had some great stuff and, you know, they had the shopping experience. Having said that, and this is something that I believe is very unique um, in the way we operate, we are not very satisfied with where we are in a general way. So yeah, Rifki's laughing because she knows. This is, I think, probably the best sentence that I have ever heard to sum up the way that links as an organization operates is because I have seen the amazing work that you have been doing. And literally almost every single time that I talk to you or to a member of the team and say, wow, this was incredible. It's always, yeah, it was very good, but we were thinking that next year, and then they'll point out something that never in my life have I thought of, but they were, but they were, oh, you know what? It really, really not everybody liked the strawberry ice cream. I think that we need to have more vanilla and chocolate and it will go down in a document to be read so that next year there's enough chocolate ice cream for everyone. Like that is exact. That sums up how Link's family operates, I think in one sentence, oh, but so please I continue. Think, yeah, I was going to say, so I think that pretty much sums it up and kind of, I had this niggling like feeling in the back of my brain, like we can do better. Like, honestly, I think then I thought we could do like a little better. But now in the way that Bruchy operates, I sometimes look at it and I'm like, that's embarrassing that we operated through that, but fine. I have to take you back to the summer of when was it, Bruchy, 2019 that we met or 2020? 2020. 2020. A friend of mine calls me up. I, I should give her credit, but she'll probably have my head, so it's fine. We won't tell. Um, calls me up and she's like, you must meet my friend Brookie. You must meet my friend Brookie. You must meet my friend Brookie. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet her for a lunch. She goes, I'm telling you, you're going to want to hire her. And I said, for what? She goes, I don't know, just meet her. So we went out for lunch in the country, true story. And I had a totally different job in my head, by the way, Brookie. I don't remember what it was, but it was a totally different job in my head. And as I'm talking to her and she asked me to tell her a little bit about our programs. And I started telling her a little bit about the shopping thing and her entire being came to life. It was like, she was leaning in and like, oh, I love this. I love, and I was like, I was like, I need to hire someone with a passion for this 
And I found that someone. Like, we all have passions for different things. I know where my passions lie. It's, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, this is what it's like having an office off of 16th Avenue. In Seriously. You will hear honking. Um, but anyway, so I, I have passions for different things. Clothing is not something I know how to do well. I go to people like Rifki to dress me, and no pun intended. And <laughs> I ask people like Rifki for opinions on things. Um, but the bottom line is, I, I I know where I where I'm good and where I'm not. And this is just not one of my fortes. To watch someone come alive over this and clearly, almost immediately, have a vision of like, oh my goodness, I could get this brand. Oh, I would put that with this. And it was like, I found my person. So. Brookie can tell her version of the events, but bottom line is I hired Brookie then to run the store. Now Brookie comes in and takes one look at the store the way it was and says, do you mind if I move it? Also, like, I want to take a place and renovate it. I want to put up wallpaper. I want to get a beautiful couch and a water bottle. And like this gorgeous, we should paint the racks so they should be in line with the color. And I'm listening to this woman and I'm like, heaven help me. What did I get myself into? She thinks she's like coming to a place that money grows on trees. She's crazy. Next thing I know, Brookie finds this gorgeous space, raw, but beautiful, perfect size. And she's like, yes, so I got the wallpaper donated, the couch donated, this, this. We just have to do the paints. Your husband said he's going to come up to put up the racks. I mean, whatever. We could laugh and go through those initial moments. But it was incredible. And then to watch the difference of how people walk into this space. I mean, this is a gorgeous boutique that I think, honestly, anybody would love to shop in. It's clean, it smells great, it looks beautiful. Everything is insanely well organized by size, by style. It's it's everything. Right, and, and this is actually something that as a brand, I really appreciate because I get asked for donations all the time. Every, you know, different organizations will reach out. Oh, do you have any overstock? Do you have any this? Do you have any, do you have any that? You know, we have a gamach, we have a, we have a thing, you know, we do this for, you know, children who were born with three ears, whatever. Like the, every, everybody and their mother reaches out. And there have been a couple of times where I've usually, you know, now my donations go exclusively to dress me because I know that the item is respected there. And that's very important to me. I've spent a long time creating my product with a lot of love and and this high quality piece that deserves to be appreciated. And also for the person who's shopping, if you are really shopping as opposed to just picking something out of a pile, you know, from a big cardboard box, that's a very different type of experience. Brachi, what is the average, when the average Ziesel's Links girl is looking to, you know, to shop at Dress Me, what does that process look like for her? She decides, okay, I want to make an appointment. What does that look like from when she makes that decision until when she walks out the door? What's her, what's her journey like? So she pretty much books an appointment through a link, which gives you the available time slot. So she gets to choose a time slot that works for her. For starters, it's not like, oh, you must come this and this time. So she comes at her appointed time and she's there alone with a personal shopper. I have about, I would say by now, about 50 to 60 shoppers that take appointments. And it's in the mornings, it's afternoons, it's evenings, it's Friday, it's Sunday, it's Arab Yantif, it's whenever, you know, before every holiday, whenever, whenever, busy time, no matter what, they can book an appointment. She comes down to the store. She's there alone with a personal shopper that is just devoting her 40 minutes to her. 
and she'll help her, you know, find things that are good for her figure. She'll help her find things that are, that are, you know, that she likes. There also, I have all different walks of life. So I need all different types of clothing. We have from Lakewood, from Passaic, from Borough Park, from Williamsburg, from Belgium, from Antwerp, from Florida. I mean, you need all different types of clothing. So that's what I try to bring in as well. So really, we satisfy every single taste that there can possibly be. And this shopper works exclusively with that girl. So besides her actually getting clothing, she feels very special. There's a dressing room. She tries on the stuff in the dressing room. And just as a side point, there's the same, everything hangs on the same hanger the same way, black velvet hanger. So when you walk in, it all looks unified. It looks beautiful. It's it's, it's it, it looks nice. I have to say it looks nice, if I may say so. It looks very <laughs> you know, nice. You know, like I keep Sarufka telling Brachi, I keep telling Sarufka that she better hope I don't open a store anytime soon because then I'm poaching Brachi to run it. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just I, the way I, that this is going to go down. I want to just speak to two things, Brachi. One is that, um, you know, we speak of the girl coming alone, but obviously if there are several siblings who want to come together um, or there is a surviving parent who wants to shop with her child, that's completely fine. Um, we have family appointments as well. And Brookie even has this thing where she'll sometimes have two shoppers there if a family wants to come with a larger group of kids, meaning to say, oh, if they're coming with four or five daughters, then she'll sometimes have two shoppers there to make sure that everybody gets the attention that they need. Because one thing I can say is that if you walk into a regular store, especially during a hectic season, and that's one of the things that we offer, you're not getting someone working exclusively with you and giving you feedback. Right. And that's also super duper important. I can say this, and I don't know if this is true for every girl whose mother has died, but I will speak for myself. It is extremely challenging and vulnerable to be in a store, particularly to be surrounded by mothers and daughters shopping. And to also feel like I don't have a clue. Like, mm is this okay? Is this not? Does this look too big on me? Baggy? Is this sitting funny? Does it make sense that I want to change the buttons over here? And having these volunteers who I have to speak to Brookie's credit are so well-trained and Brookie does not take everyone who says, I want to volunteer. Everybody comes to the store. They come first, these volunteers. They see the store. She explains the stock to them, how to find extra things in the stock room. And then in addition, we have two, three get-togethers a year where we try to bring in people who are experts in their field. Rifki, we've had you talk about body shape and body size. We've had Rehi from myself speak about the right undergarments and how that could help them so that if they see a girl who's looking like maybe it's just not the right fit, we even have discount cards to myself or some of our girls there so that they're able to then go and get themselves something different. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have more trainings ongoing on, on different unique topics that we feel our shoppers should be trained at. So could you imagine the experience where you're coming in and the shopper there is really just about you and your needs. There's no commission being made. There's nothing that this shopper has in for you to walk out with this item. And so they're giving you honest, if I can call it big sisterly, because nobody can really replace a mother, but that big sisterly kind of feedback of like, you know what, I liked it better in the other color. Or you know what, look, you can take this if you like, which we always tell them, I said, it's not up to them to say, don't take this, do take this. But 
you can take this if you like. I just feel like we can do better, so much mm. better. Like you looked so much better when the shoulders over here were more fitted, whatever you say, right? And you're able to guide them. And we hear back from the girls that this is a very big relief for a lot of them um, in that way. Our shopping bags are branded to the colors there, but Brookie, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think they say dress me on them, right? Nope. No, right? So that if somebody walks out of our store with bags and bags, it's up to them whether they want to say where they bought their stuff or not. We had actually a very cute story where one of our donors was at a wedding and was sitting next to someone who she knew, this girl, okay? And she says, this girl, such a pretty dress. I love what you're wearing. Where did you get it? And the girl looked her square in the eye and she's like, I bought it at Dress Me. Hmm. And you had better believe that that donor um, was extremely, should I say, gratified, you know, to be able to see the work being put into place. But I think it's up to the kid, obviously, to share where they got or where they not. But there's so many regular brands, and not so many, there's like 60 plus brands that you have there in the store um, where girls just say, oh, it's a whatever, right? It's an impact fashion piece. They don't have to say where they bought it or what, you know, what particular right. place they went. That's up to them. Um, Brookie, you got to yeah, Brookie's got to tell you about how virtual appointments work, because I think that's also something so oh, unique that, about Dress Me. That is, that is very cool. Yeah. T talk to me about what that means, because you mentioned Belgium before. And unless they right. just like happen to be in Bar Park, how does that work? Right. So so the virtual appointments. OK, again, there's nothing compares to in-house shopping experience, actually trying it on and seeing it. But a virtual point is pretty much it's like a WhatsApp video call or a Zoom call, you know, whichever works for them. And the shopper like, you know. I have like they hang, they, they take out each piece of clothing, they hang it up, they put it against them, they show it to them, or they put like a belt with it just to see like how it would possibly look on that person. And then, and then we have these beautiful, and then whatever they choose, whatever they feel might possibly fit. Usually it works. I haven't gotten back. Not, not too many. Like usually it does work because these shoppers are so well-trained. Like they could just look at the person, see the size and really like say, I think this would look good on you. And usually they're right. And then we have, and then we ship it out and we have these beautiful um, shipping bags that say, um, Hey, beautiful. Um, your dress me order has arrived. Your, your order has arrived. Love dress me, which is oh, another sweet. added thing. It's just a shipping bag, but it's another added thing just to make them feel special. Like I, I'm getting it's as if you ordered clothes. it online. It's, right. Right. It is. It is. It's pretty much that. That's pretty much what it is. And, um, and they get a ship to their door in a box, you know, it's just, it's just nice. Like the whole, the feeling is nice and, and they get beautiful clothes. So yeah, we ship all over, all that over. Is, that is very and cool. I, I just want to say, like, I know, I know we keep using the word special and stuff like that, but I think the really, the word probably is much more just, um, it's a lot of our love going into it. And I think Brookie like personifies it. And when she finds something that is like a hit or something that, she's bought for her own daughters or she's loved. She's like, I need that in my store. And when I hear that, I get very worried for the owner. I have been on the receiving end of these calls and they are scary <laughs> in the Brookie most wonderful way. It. If Brookie <laughs> needs it for the girls in the store, she needs it. And it, it's not an exaggeration to say it's a need because there's so much love there. It's like when you see something and you want it for a family member or for a child or for a sibling, you know what that feeling is like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I know how great that is. That piece is, I need that. Um, and I think that that's also talk about involvement. 
we started with like two or three brands and we're up to 60 plus. And that's because we go to trade shows, goes everywhere and just like finds what's out there, stalks different brands on Instagram and stuff like that and sees, oh, I love this style. This is what I would love. And I think that that's also part of the experience. I mean, Brookie's world's best buyer, really, right. because that store is insane. Right. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the receiving end of a text that was like, Rifki, you have anything in like a size 18, 20 that you could that you could send over? I'm thinking 18, 20, 22, 24. Now she knows that I'm doing 26 and 28. So I'm still waiting to get that text. But like, it's it's the same every, every couple of weeks. You think you think you have something that could come over and. And and usually, usually we do our best to find to find what we can. And I'm curious for you, Brachi, what has been the process of recruiting brands like? What have you have you found? I mean, that's a huge part of what you do is is getting brands on board to stock the store. Do you find that people are generally receptive? Do you find that you're chasing people a lot? Do you find that it's difficult? What what is that side of this like? Okay, so when I started in 2020, um, I was chasing, like really chasing, because I wanted. I wanted nice brands. I wanted the brands that girls like to wear uh, today. Like I didn't want, I wanted updated clothing. And yeah, I was chasing. Should I maybe use, maybe, maybe I was a little aggressive, not aggressive, but maybe just a little. And it just, it's important. I also, what I felt was important to the vendors that I was, you know, call it chasing or whatever you want to call it. When I show them pictures of the store and where it's actually being, that is being hung and it looks beautiful i think that made a difference they feel like oh our clothing is being should i say respected i don't know if that's the right word to use for clothing exactly but, the right but, word. It's, but but it's, it's just like and they felt good and so yes three years ago i was chasing but to be very honest at this point i have people calling me can we donate to your store we heard about your store because it travels where it travels like i'm sure the um the retail industry of clothing they all know each other and they all whatever so somehow and they're like oh i have a bunch of boxes of uh, let's say last year's summer clothes i want to give it away the girl who's like oh i donate to dress me so maybe call her so at this point i have people reaching out to me honestly i'm at a point where i'm having a hard time accepting clothing i simply don't have the room for it. Like we have, I have my store and then there's a garage where that's storage of as, as girls shop and the store empties, I keep on refilling. In addition to that, we rent um, a place at CubeSmart where I went, like now I'm collecting everybody's leftover summer that I can present it for next summer, but I need a place to keep it. So we rent CubeSmart. I keep the summer there and I have a bunch of boxes in my hallway. I literally do not have room. Like I'm really at the point where I, I can't accept because I don't have room to put it. So um, no. So at this point I'm not chasing anymore. I really have people reaching out to us because it really is a wonderful thing. So people know it and um, they want to feel like they're part of it. So Right. And, People and have I'm so glad hearts. that you mentioned I'm so glad that you mentioned CubeSmart because um well let's you know let's get down to the nuts and bolts and dollars and cents of this for a minute. Right. This all does not pay for itself. Um and uh, we are now in the middle of uh, the big campaign for the year. Um and I have taken it upon myself that together with uh, everyone who's part of the Impact Fashion family, we are going to support Dress Me for one month. So break down for me like dollars and cents, what does this really cost? I mean, the there's the, you know, the shoppers are volunteers, the clothing is donated. This is free, right? Like how right. does this, how does this work? So basically it's the, the rent for the store itself. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, there's also rent for storage. Okay. You know, we, we don't have room to keep the stuff. We have, you know, we have that. Um, there's always, we always need more hangers. 
that's like a constant as we get stuff we hang up we always need hangers um we do have cleaning help you know so that's just right. uh you know the store should always look beautiful and always look clean and always you know and then there's always you know sometimes i want to buy something extra <laughs> you know just, just beautiful scarves um whatever it is that like is the in thing for the girls you know for people that people like at that moment so right. there's always something you know to put to put it to put it down like we can always use something more and upgraded and just just you know Right. So all in all, to run a month of dress me costs twenty five hundred dollars, which is what we're looking to raise now. And um, and we're going to adopt dress me for a month, which I'm very excited about, um, especially because, like I said earlier, dress me was how I got to meet Sarifka and how I got to get involved um, with Link's family. And it's just a really unique uh, part of just the way that it's run and everything is a really unique part of how, you know, of of how all of this comes together um so Rifka, i'm curious from your perspective as someone who has seen this from like a day in a living room to the you know the store that it is now how like what how how does this feel for you like what has all this mean for you when you think about how you know this one particular part of the organization has evolved as the entire organization has changed a lot since those you know very early days so I'm a bit of a show off when it comes to dress me. Like if I'm sitting at a wedding or anywhere to get together, I love like Brookie knows I'll text her like, oh my gosh, I lost the pictures of dress me. Send it to me now. I'm sitting with someone. I must show it. Um, it is so magnificent and it is so, I want to use the word calculated in its every move and how it's decorated and how it's updated and when seasons switch and Every part of it is done with such precision and, and beauty. And it's something that I have a lot of pride in because I'm telling you that the little me would have loved a store like this. And I want to also speak to something else, which I can't believe you didn't bring up and I'm going to bring it up. We carry from size six children's to currently, I believe either size three X or four X in adults. And one of the things that I tell Brookie that I'm so incredibly grateful for is that she goes bonkers when any size, be it extra small, be it 3X, runs out or is getting low. She calls quickly. That's when she'll make those frantic phone calls to brands and say, I don't need anything more than this specific size, but boy, do I need this size and I need it now. Because if tomorrow somebody books an appointment in this place and comes in, I want them to find something. And it is so unbelievable that we have never, since the founding of Dress Me as a Boutique, the way Brookie has run it, had somebody walk out saying, I didn't find anything. Mm. And that is just to me, it boggles my mind because I've walked into fa fabulous stores, right? As a shopper, as a consumer. And there've been times where I found things and times that I didn't, right? And it would be okay if that was the case. We just don't have that. I see the tracking appointment left with six items, appointment left with 12 items, appointment left with 22 items, and it's just like, there is never a time where you see appointment left with zero items. Mm. Just doesn't exist. And I think that's testament to the styling. I think that's testament to the sizing um, and to the fact that it's constantly just being done with such a level of thought about the user experience. And I think that's that's a big, big piece. 
yeah, that that's that's a really special piece um, for all of this. So usually I, I I end off here by saying, you know, to to get in touch or or to learn more. And I know that you have an Instagram page where you feature all of the brands and, um, you know, who are part of the store. I believe that the name there is dress me underscore links, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, 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 it is. Um, the, um, so, so I'm going to link that in the show notes. I'm also going to put in the show notes, the link to donate to the impact fashion page, because I would like to hit my goal, please. And thank you. And we are going to adopt dress me for a month. We're going to raise the $2,500 that, uh, the dress me needs to operate for a month. And by donating any amount, you enter yourself in a raffle, um, to win $350 to impact fashion, which will get you, you know, anything you want from the site. So that'll be, uh, you know, that's a really fun thing. And I'm going to put the link there. Um, Brahi, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with this last question because Sarifka's answered it it twice already. What does it mean to you to make an impact? So the feeling of when I see a girl leaving with bags of clothing and a big smile on her face, it is the best feeling in the world. It's I I can't even describe what it means for me when you know it's 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 really dressed me as my baby, I'll be honest. So when I see a girl leaving happy that is like the best feeling in the world. And just to know that when, when a holiday comes and she puts on her clothing and she feels pretty and good and happy and it's bringing like happiness to their lives, that is like the ultimate. I love that. And thank you so much, you two, for coming on. I realized we forgot to say it before. It's linksfamily.org. And definitely consider giving to the campaign. And thank you to both of you, Sarif and Brahi, for coming on today. This has been really fun. Thank you. And thank you thank for... You pulling off your campaign page as you have done in the last couple of years. And I can't wait to see you and your page blow this out of the water. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Sarifka, Brachi, and links, you can find it all in the show notes along with the link to enter the giveaway. Donate any amount there and you could win. On last week's episode, I spoke to therapist Esther Goldstein of Integrative Psych about relationships. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion. The clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes two through 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 19 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nisa Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me. Catch me on all the socials, including a TikTok at impact.fashion.nyc. As always, here's to making an impact together.